Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals. Liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of healthy benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. And natural honey enhances the delicious flavor. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. I use them, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216. 888-841-7216 or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're with Dr. Christine Blanche. Uh, she is the uh, owner of an innovative healing center in the heart of the North Shore of Long Island, uh, actually one of the uh, country's epicenters of breast cancer. Um, we're talking about thermography and thermography, not so much as a substitute for conventional imaging. It could be an adjunct. Actually, studies show that if you do thermography uh, along with mammography, you improve the accuracy of mammography, which may be only 80% accuracy. You can hike that up into the mid-90s with thermography. Uh, but uh, let's not uh, focus specifically on breast cancer detection. But uh, Dr. Blanche, in part one, you alluded to the fact that uh, we can see patterns of um, less than optimal breast health. So how do you optimize breast health? You know, what do you do when you are educating a woman uh, whom you've just done a thermogram on and they may have a pattern that suggests that later on, perhaps in a decade or more, they could be at risk of breast cancer? Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, that's really why I got into this field because we are living in such an area where there's an abundance of breast cancer. And I've just taken care of so many women over the years that uh, unfortunately had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, so I became pretty passionate about trying to find as many different things that we could do to help reverse the underlying causes of that potential disease. Um, you know, and studies are showing things like vitamin D, um, you know, getting patients on a therapeutic level of vitamin D will reduce uh, risks for breast cancer, colon cancer, and prostate cancer. So vitamin D is part of my protocol. I actually did my PhD research in using thermography as a baseline study to look for inflammatory patterns within hmm. the breast wow. and implementing a breast um, protocol um, that included several things and then bringing the women back at three months, a year, and two years. And hmm. we were able to show the reduction um, in density, um, improvement in lymphatic congestion, um, and in all the patients that had suspicious findings, they'd actually resolved within the three months. Uh, the hmm. first three months, and then they were so able a, to maintain those patterns. And it can be used patterns. frequently. Exactly. It's not just a one-off Absolutely. kind of test. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's really important for, for patients to know that the beauty of thermography is truly in the comparison. So we get a baseline, but then we make an, we implement a lifestyle change, and we bring mm -hmm. them back, and we show the patient the improvement they made in the breasts. Um, so we want to get those breasts to be as healthy, no suspicious patterns, no hot spots, you know, lymphatics that look amazing, and then monitor that every year that patient remains in that sweet spot of, of 
of healthy breasts and we don't have anything start to head in the wrong direction. So really the, it's very important to, to have that, um, that repeat thermography once a year to make sure that, um, that the breasts remain healthy. Uh, and I think that's where we'll see patients earlier if they start to slip and all of a sudden the breasts look more dense or the lymphatics look congested. We can, we can take that pattern and again, go to work on that as opposed to waiting for the patient to hear, to hear those terrible words that you have cancer, you know? So that's, really what we want to prevent everybody from ever having to deal with. Uh, and I think thermography really is helpful for that. Do, do you have any views on the optimal breast cancer prevention diet? Because they, they range from, you know, pure vegan diet, no animal protein or animal fat whatsoever, uh, versus, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, a ketogenic diet, a diet that is virtually no carbs, but has uh, plenty of animal protein, saturated fat is okay. Uh, where do you yeah. stand on that uh, continuum? Yeah, I think that nutrition has, um, nutritional science has changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, and my theory on it is just that the environment is changing so rapidly. So I used to recommend my patients who had breast cancer become vegan. Um, but I have seen so many more people reacting to the grains, so much more inflammation from the grains. And I think it's the toxins that we're spraying on the grains that are probably part to blame. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing such an incredible data on the ketogenic diet um, in cancer. Um, that That's completely flipped nutrition on its side. Um, it's completely different advice than we would give 10 years ago. But I think that unfortunately our environment is changing so rapidly in the United States with pesticide usage and um, farming practices. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's a little bit tricky right now, but I think that that's why we're seeing such a difference in the nutritional recommendations. So I am now recommending definitely much more ketogenics and I'm not really a supporter of the vegan diet anymore. Mm -hmm. Although uh, plant-based in the sense of inclusion of uh, uh, plant fiber and plant uh, phytonutrients, uh, but less in the way of carbs. Exactly. I have a lot of patients doing a ketotarian diet, you know, where it's mm-hmm. mostly vegetarian, but with a keto twist. Um, and that's, uh, it's really, I think the big things I'm seeing is, is getting away from the dairies and the grains. I think that mm-hmm. that's, um, I think a big, big focus on people's that they're going to see benefit in their health if they start to do those things. So dairy is a bit of a, a culprit because of the, uh, uh, growth hormones and, you know, so the natural hormones that come from the, bovine mammary gland. I mean, after all, that's the source of dairy. Um, mm-hmm. What about soy? How do you feel about soy? That's very controversial, isn't it? It is. And I, I've been avoiding soy. I've been recommending patients avoid soy, mostly because there's so much genetically modified soy in the United States right now that I think that is not um, helpful for women as far as being estrogenic. Um and so that's um, something you have to take into consideration. I think it's becoming a little bit more difficult and concerning anyway that we're going to know what is with food labeling, what is GMO and what isn't. Um, so I just, as a rule, tend to avoid soy. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming back to thermography, um, is thermography on the ascendance or is it virtually being suppressed uh, because it's one of those controversial fields uh, that I think has had some uh, back and forth in terms of its popularity. Absolutely. Well, I think that um, 
In some ways, it's becoming more popular because of the more recent studies out about the concerns for mammogram. Um, I think that um, it's very important for people to use this as, as what it's designed for, which is a tool for dis, you know, identifying patterns of decreased function and inflammation and reversing those patterns. So it's not a test that's going to diagnose you, um, but it is a test that can prompt you to make changes that will help your whole body be healthier. Um, and I think a lot of, unfortunately, because it's becoming a little more popular, I think there, there may be some misinformation out there. I think not all practitioners are mm-hmm. necessarily educating their patients very well. Um, you know, it's not a substitute for a mammogram. It's not going to diagnose cancer. I mean, these are sentences that I hear used um, by other people using thermography, and it's just right. really the wrong thing to be telling patients. I, I think there was um, some you know, controversy really, in yeah. uh, England, for example, of uh, a practitioner who was a big proponent of thermography, and you know they have a more monolithic uh, healthcare system here. There, they have the National Health Service, and uh, he really kind of got in trouble by holding out thermography as the um, as a substitute for mammography. So right, it exactly. became sort of a and it, and cause celeb. Yeah. And it's and it's it's you know, not it's not what you should be saying. It's not true. You know, I mean there's value in all the different studies. Um and, you know, ultrasound has a place, breast MRI has a place. You know, I mean there are um there are definitive needs. If I find a suspicious pattern, I'm recommending the patients go for diff- additional studies, they see the gynecologist, they get a breast exam. I mean, you it's not the whole picture. It's a very important piece of information that can be very helpful for the patients, um, but it really shouldn't be uh, advertised as something that it's not. So I get that in a mammogram, uh, in a sorry, in a thermogram, uh, that areas that light up, uh, you know, yellow, orange, red, those are hot spots. Uh, what about cold spots? What, what do they denote? Uh, do you sometimes see a cold spot where you don't expect it to be, and then you have to prompt you to think about what that might Absolutely. Imply? Yeah, I mean, anything that looks asymmetrical, so it could be a cold spot, it could be a hot spot. A lot of times we'll see something we call neovasculature, which is new blood vessels coming to an area mm-hmm. um, to feed potentially suspicious cells, right? So there's a couple of different um, suspicious findings that can show up, all of which would prompt us to do a further investigation, you know, do a breast exam, uh, potentially do another study. Um, and at the same time, implement breast, a breast protocol to get those patterns, whatever they may be, to reverse. You know, so anything suspicious, we bring patients back in three months, having implemented the breast protocol, and then we make sure that we've gotten results. Um, so we should see a very different picture in that very short period of time. Um, and if we're not concerned, we usually bring them back in six months, and that just becomes their baseline. Their first thermography and their second thermography become their baseline. Again, we want to make sure that we've seen improvement in the breast tissue, and then we use that to compare it to every year when they come to make sure everything's heading in the right direction. If a woman has had a breast implant, and then these are very prevalent these days, you probably see a lot of women who've had a breast implant, either cosmetically or uh, restoratively uh, after uh, breast cancer surgery. Uh, what do you do? Does it throw off the imaging on thermography? No, because there is consistency to it. So as long as we know where the implant is so above the muscle or below. And you compare yeah, it. we have a baseline and compare it. A lot of times we'll pick up a problem with the implant on thermography hmm. so we can see if there's inflammation um, yeah. Or, you know, if a patient really is reacting poorly to the, the, the implants, that can show up as a certain pattern. So they're really, it's, it's very helpful actually for women, um, with implants because they're usually very concerned about going for the mammograms as well because of, because of the mechanical force that's, um, 
placed on the implant, it, it can be risky. Um, and now even the recommendations are for women to start getting uh, MRIs yeah. as a standard yeah, for, the, a standard for the implant follow-up. Follow yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. We so, uh, interviewed a, um, a breast surgeon a, a few weeks ago, Dr. Sophie Bartsish, and I was surprised to hear this. I, I didn't even know that it is now considered de rigueur uh, to do a, a a, a follow-up MRI on a breast implant, even if it's not bothering you, just to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, it's become the standard of care, which I think is really good. I think it's very important. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. when it comes to breast cancer drivers, let's talk a little bit about xenoestrogens. What are xenoestrogens and you know how might they be minimized or avoided? Sure. So we know that toxins are definitely playing a part in the progression of breast cancer. We know parabens are not ideal. We know the BPA and the plastics are definitely um, affecting women. Um, most of the women that come to me now I'm seeing are very estrogenic from all the environmental toxins. Um, and that definitely can leave the breast at higher risk. Um, I think that may be part of the reason that we're seeing higher incidences of, of breast cancer in the, you know, in, in this area. Um, and um, so for me, helping women um, use uh, supplementation to lower bad estrogens um, to ultimately try to like, like you know, what kind of supplementation? To, to, uh, I'll use uh, DIM. Um, methane. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Um, pretty pretty easy to use on almost every patient. I have a lot of young women coming in with very difficult periods, and that's a lot mm -hmm. of the questions we ask when people come for a tomography. You know, is there breast tenderness? Is there PMS? Uh, you know, estrogen the, suggests estrogen dominance. Yeah. It, exactly. Suggests that estrogen dominance, and then you use a little bit of the, the DIM, and their periods are dramatically different within a month. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I tell them, I, I do a lot of education with the patients, you know, all those symptoms are signs of estrogen dominance. So if five years from now, all of a sudden your periods, you know, your PMS PMS is back and your breasts are tender, that's, a, that's like a red flag that something's out of balance hormonally. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just that piece of information for women is very powerful because most people think those periods are just par for the course and that's what they have to suffer with and that's just not necessarily true. Um, and I do find when patients go through a detox um, and, you know, do sauna detox and do a detox that will help them unload some of these hormone disruptors, mm -hmm. um, their periods resolve. You know, they get much better much healthier periods that are a lot more pleasant <laughs> for the women to have to endure, um, you know, and I think it's much healthier for them, um, their hormonal state and for the risk, the risk for breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Is it a regular sauna that. that you recommend or do you recommend uh, infrared uh, home devices that people can use to literally sweat out the toxins? Absolutely. I mean, I am a big fan of sauna. I happen to have a form for sauna personally, but I know that um, the, you know, any sauna is going to get you to sweat out toxins because mm -hmm. the key ingredient is really sweating. So normally I just say as long as it's a dry sauna, um, you know, the, the steam's not going to get you sweating the same way a dry sauna would. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think that sauna detoxification can be very powerful for patients. Mm. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the risk factors that has been studied and uh, actually is thought to be fairly significant for breast cancer is uh, artificial light. Uh, and mm -hmm. this notion mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we now turn on our incandescent uh, or fluorescent lights, uh, shift workers, women who are shift workers have a higher incidence of uh, breast cancer. So is that part of a breast cancer prevention protocol, avoiding uh, certain types of uh, light exposure? 
I mean, I, I, it's hard to tell a patient, you know, to change jobs. I definitely educate right. them, you know, to make sure they're getting plenty of sunlight to offset that. I mean, obviously, if you're in a situation where it is your office and you can change the lights, I think that that should be recommended. Um, you know, it's tricky because not everybody has control over that. Um, but I do think it's definitely a factor. Um, I think stress is also a factor. So a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of recommending a lot of stress relief, whether it be deep breathing, yoga, meditation. Um, we we tend to be rather stressed here in New York, so I think that that plays a part in our risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I, I do a lot of education on that, and then simple things like. Um, you know, we know iodine can reduce fibrocystic density in the breast. So yeah. I have a breast protocol that includes iodine and also frankincense oil. Iodine, course, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have them actually do topical iodine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sacred frankincense, which is an essential oil, which has been around, you know, forever, um, has three different studies showing that it was effective at reversing breast cancer in mice, which is why that evidence prompted me to start to have women use that topically on their breasts. That's true. Um, to Otherwise start to known reduce as inflammation. You know, the exactly, Boswellia, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. which we've been using for years for, you know, anti-inflammatory, orally even. Um, so, you know, these are little things that women can be doing on a daily basis that can absolutely be affecting, reducing their risk for cancer, reducing the risk for fibrocystic um, density, and, um, and I think overall health. You know, right. vitamin D is so important for the immune system. And what role for exercise? Of course, exercise, uh, you know, women are, you know, walking for a cure, running for the cure, uh, is it just a symbolic gesture or, or is there really some tangible benefit from exercise? There actually is very solid science behind exercise and reducing risks for all kinds of cancer. Um, I actually did an entire chapter on exercise in my PhD, and when I started to pull all the data, I couldn't believe that, you know, Equinox wasn't using this to their advantage mm-hmm. because it was actually shocking to me. Um, you know, and the belief is that exercise is increasing the oxygenation, and the oxygenation, and we know cancer doesn't like oxygen. So, you know, increasing the oxygenation, the circulation, reducing inflammation, probably to some extent stress relief. I think exercise can be a wonderful stress reliever for people. Um, but there are a lot, there's actually a lot of data out there about exercise and the reduced for risk for cancer as well as reduced for recurrence in patients that have already had cancer. Indeed. So that's part of your yeah. uh, overall uh, portfolio for Absolutely. Uh, breast optimization. Uh, any other uh, nutrients that you're particularly partial to? Um, you know, we mentioned, um, I think, the role of light is, is melatonin potentially preventive. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, I think that's probably where this, if you really delved into the biochemistry behind the issues with the light, that's probably where we would find ourselves is, is, is with that situation. Then also just a lot of those, those women studied were working night shifts too. So that, that's difficult because that is stressful on the body mm-hmm. to have that shift work. Um, also characterized by you know, really poor you. eating opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and throwing off all the biorhythms. Um, I mean, I worked nights for years, and I I was tired all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there, done that myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I think there's so many things that we can do um, from a preventative medicine standpoint, just optimizing the function of the body, detoxifying the toxins um, that can upregulate the immune system and really help prevent all kinds of cancers, you know. 
Um, and I mean, I think that's the whole focus of what we're doing in integrative and functional medicine in all of our practices. So I think this is an amazing tool that would benefit all functional medicine doctors, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just want an opinion from you because one of the tools that we use as integrative physicians, uh, especially for women in and around the time of menopause, is uh, natural progesterone. Do you have a feeling about uh, the role of progesterone versus uh, cancer or uh, do you see positive changes or no changes or negative changes in the women who are on yeah, progesterone? I, yep, I definitely, I think progesterone can be breast protective. I think it goes a long way to balance some of those extra excess estrogens that we're seeing with all the toxins in the environment. Um, so the body has two ways to deal with all that estrogen. We can get it out and detoxify or we can balance it with progesterone. And I think a lot of women that are stressed have a hard time keeping their progesterone um, mm -hmm. It's a great stress because buster. of the stress. Works on the yeah, GABA receptors. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, helps you a, sleep. Yeah, it, yeah it, helps you, it helps you be more relaxed. Um, and I, I do think there's a definitive role in, in breast protection as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, uh, let's give yeah. out some information about uh, your center. Uh, you see people sure. from all over the United States, but uh, you're located here in the Northeast on the North Shore of Long Island, a uh, short drive from Manhattan, New York City, where I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What's the information about the Integrative Healing Center? So you can find out more information at um, getintegrativehealth.com is our website. Um, and our, our offices are in Northport, Long Island, and then also in um, Manhattan. And we offer thermography in both locations. Mm. And our phone number is 516-676-0200. So if people want to call, we'd be more than happy to give them any information on the services. And the website, once again, is? Getintegrativehealth.com. GetIntegrativeHealth.com. Very catchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. and just to be clear, uh, it you're in the general practice of uh, integrative and functional medicine. It's, you're not just a breast specialist per se. That's just one of the modalities that you focus on. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Okay. Just well, one of one of my passions. <laughs> indeed. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. thank you very much for clearing the air about, you know, real uh, controversial subject because I think um, we tend to be very um, open and shut about our opinion about thermography. Either it's the greatest thing since mom's apple pie or it's utter quackery, uh, according to some who are skeptics. And I think there is a role for, uh, after listening to you, of uh, thermography. If, if, if done in the proper context, and you seem to have a very uh, good understanding of its uh, strengths, its potential, and as well as its limitations. So... Congratulations. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Dr. Christine Blanche of the Integrative Healing Center uh, in Manhattan and the North Shore of Long Island. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com 
to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.